Welcome to the Getting Heaven Into People podcast. I'm Dave Ripper, a pastor here in New England, and I want to thank you for listening. After two years of the pandemic, almost all of us are hurting in some way, and so many of our churches are reeling. To address the deeply felt need Christians and churches have, I've designed this podcast to invite us to experience deeper healing and freedom over a 40-day journey as we pursue spiritual transformation together. I'm praying today's episode helps you experience greater joy, contentment, and confidence in your life and walk with God. So as you listen, may God's grace and peace be with you. Well, welcome friends to Getting Heaven in the People. I'm Dave Ripper from here in New England, and we are on day 22 of a 40-day journey where we are learning and praying about how to cultivate greater spiritual freedom. And within our series, we are focusing on how ministry overflows from our ever-deepening life with God. To get a picture of ministry from the perspective of getting heaven in the people, we're looking at Psalm 23 and six key aspects of what I call Psalm 23 ministry. And so today we're going to look at the third quality, the quality of discernment. And before we explore this theme, let's listen again to Psalm 23. And if you've been listening every week, we have been reading this many times, but I think there is something powerful about repetition about allowing these words to just soak within us. So let's listen again with fresh ears. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me on paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, the key phrase behind the Psalm 23 ministry of discernment is, he leads me on paths of righteousness. Or as other translations say, he leads me on right paths for his name's sake. Right paths. How do we know which is a right path versus a wrong path? How do we know what is a good path from what is the best path? How can we distinguish? How can we differentiate? How are we able to kind of sift through to sense what is the right path that God would have us to walk on even this very day between what is a good way to spend our time and focus and energy versus what is the right way, the best way, the way God would have for us. One of my favorite little lines from Gary Moon, Dallas Willard's biographer and friend, in his book, Apprenticeship with Jesus, which I love, he says, Here's Dallas 3.16. How does one become a saint? Do the next right thing. Do the next right thing. That's a discernment question, a prayerful question that we can bring so that we might be Psalm 23 ministers to go on the right path that God would lead us on. It's a matter of discerning and listening and asking, what's the next right thing? 
How does one become a saint? Do the next right thing. I remember preaching on this idea uh, before COVID and I was pumped and there was a, a young middle school girl who came up to me and was so excited. I loved your sermon today. Uh, and, and you know why? I said, no, why did you love it? Because you didn't even realize that you were quoting Frozen 2, which is all about do the next right thing. Now, my older kids are, are boys, so I have not delved into that aspect of Disney movies perhaps yet. I do have a little girl. Uh, and you might just be thinking, I'm not listening to this podcast anymore because this guy has not seen Frozen 2. Or you might be thinking, I really love this podcast because this guy has not seen Frozen 2. But apparently somehow Willard's famous line, do the next right thing, made its way into uh, Disney vernacular <laughs> and, and fame. God leads us on right paths. He doesn't try and withhold them from us. He's inviting us, not necessarily to know what the end of the destination or what the final destination is, what the end of the journey is, but he is calling us to be near to him because he is with us and to believe that he wants to reveal to us what is the next right thing. So how might we be people who would be able to know and distinguish what is the next right thing to discern what God would want us to do? Probably my favorite passage in all the Bible on the art of spiritual discernment is Romans 12, 2. Here Paul writes, Do not be conformed to this world or to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. If you're curious what translation I'm reading from, that's the New Revised Standard Version. I really discovered that through the Life with God study Bible that folks like Richard Foster, Eugene Peterson, Dallas Willard, Thomas Oden, and others helped to compile. I highly recommend that resource. But let me just read Romans 12 to once again from that version. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So what's a prerequisite for discerning God's will from this passage? It's being transformed. It's continually growing into the transforming self that God desires for us to be. It's not a one-time thing. It's continual, perpetual. It's to be a regular part of our life that we are experiencing God's transformation. That occurs as we renew our minds, loving God with all of our minds, to take every thought captive, as 2 Corinthians tells us, to think the very thoughts after God, that our mind would be that of Christ Jesus, who did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Being humble, as Philippians 2 tells us, transformation occurs through the renewing of our minds. And the renewing of our minds, which brings about this transformation, enables us to be able to discern the will of God. Don't just be transformed so that you feel good and have all this spiritual freedom that we've been talking about. Be transformed, yes, for those reasons, but for the sake, so that you can discern what the will of God is, what's good, acceptable, perfect. 
And we discern God's will then for the sake of doing God's will. We don't just try and know what God would have us to know so we know what that is and stand on the sidelines and admire the calling that he's given us. Now we're called into the game. We are called to get out there and run the plays, to get in on what God is calling us to, to be in on it, not left out. We discern God's will to do God's will. Think for a moment right now. What's the next right thing that God would have you to do? Maybe you need to pause this podcast and go do it and stop thinking about it. Stop waiting for the opportune moment. Perhaps the Lord is prompting you to take initiative to do it. It might not just fall on your lap. We discern God's will so that we can do it. We recognize what God would have us to do and we respond with faithful obedience. Now, one of the misconceptions about discernment is that it's often only thought about in terms of big life decision-making. Should I take this job or not? Marry this person or not? Have another child or not? Travel to this place or not? Embark on this ministry or not? Go to this church or to that church? We often think about it just in terms of big decision-making. But discernment that is really done well is ultimately about a way it's about a way of life a way of living that we would constantly continually uh, persistently be listening for what god would want us to do and to do that and often god uses our own intelligence our own instincts and we can trust our own thinking and instincts much of the time if we are in that process of being continually transformed we don't have to ask ourselves what would jesus do because we already have a sense of what that would be. And so we can go and do it. One of my favorite discernment practices that I discovered from one of Eugene Peterson's books comes from Mark 16, where the angel speaks to those looking at an empty grave and says, he's not here. He's risen. And he's going before you to Galilee. He's not here. He's risen. He's going before you to Galilee. And so what I love to do and anticipation, especially when I'm going from place to place to thing to thing, is to sub out that word Galilee for wherever I'm going. Today, as I drove over to our offices, I reminded myself of this. He is not here. He is with you. Well, he is here since God is everywhere. But to quote Mark 16, he is going before you to 503 Main Dunstable Road, Nashua, New Hampshire, where you are going to record these podcasts today. He's not here. He is going before you to pick up your child from school. He's going before you to your job. He's going before you to your home, to your family, to your friends. He's going before you. And so our goal is to have a sense of anticipation that God is active, that God is moving, that God is alive. And that God might be preparing something for us every single moment of every single day. We just have to be attentive. We have to be asking what that might be. We must be discerning and believing that God wants to invite us to get in on what he is already doing. I remember in high school reading that book, many of you you might be familiar with, called Experiencing God. And the whole idea behind Experiencing God 
was not that we need to start new things for God, but we need to join God where he is already at work. Rather than start a new Bible study, maybe there is one already taking place that God wants us to be a part of. Rather than starting some new mission, believing we can do it better than others who are already a part of that thing, maybe let's see where God has already led others to do that and we can jump in and join him in kingdom partnership that we might not be competing with other organizations or ministries or churches, but that we might be faithfully spreading kingdom presence together through the power of the Holy Spirit. He's not here. He's going before you. Think about what you have on your calendar today, what's coming up, what you're anticipating. God's going ahead of you. He is there. Will you join him in the work that he's calling you to do? That might be simply by being present, by having a humble attitude, by trying to love those who you are around as best as you possibly can, by refraining from distractions so you can be attentive to God to practice his presence as we talked about yesterday. My friend Steve Macchia, who's the president and founder of Leadership Transformations, just released a new book called The Discerning Life, which is built on a beautiful phrase from author and teacher Reuben Job. And I love this phrase. Steve invites us to practice a preference for God. That's what he encourages us when we think about discernment to do to practice a preference for God. Not what I would want, not what would make me more comfortable, what would allow me not to feel anxious or stretch too far, too thin, but to practice a preference for prioritizing what would give God most glory. What would God have us to do? I think Jesus embodies this principle best when he prayed, not my will, but yours be done. You want to pray that with me right now? God, not my will, but yours be done. That prayer helps to put us on the path of discernment so that we might allow the good shepherd to lead us on paths of righteousness. Now, like Jesus, faithful discernment can often lead us toward a harder calling, not an easier one. We often think, We're not discerning God's will because we might not like what we think God is calling us to do. We must be wrong if we don't like it. But faithful discernment calls us to practice a preference for God, to continually surrender our wills to his. One of the lifeline prayers that has been so emboldening and healing and encouraging for me over the last two years of extremely difficult spiritual leadership filled with lots of attack, lots of assault and withdrawal is this prayer from St. Ignatius of Loyola. I invite you to pray this with me. It's a prayer that ultimately is about yielding our lives to the will of God. Teach us, good Lord, to serve as you deserve to give and not to count the cost, to fight and not to heed the wounds, to toil and not to seek for rest, to labor and not to seek for any reward, save that of knowing we do your will, O Lord. Because doing the will of God is the reward. 
Now, when things get hard, I start thinking that I should be discerning God wants me to do something easier, that if it's hard, it must not be what God would want me to do. If it involves a lot of endurance, it must be wrong. But we pray not my will, but yours, or teach us to serve as you deserve. That all gets refocused and reframed. If you're an Enneagram person familiar with that, I am an Enneagram type 7. And so for me, my shadow side is about avoiding pain, which when things get hard, it can be easy for me to want to look for the escape hatch. And yet I love to pray. Help us to toil and not to seek for rest or to seek for the escape hatch. Why? Because the greatest thing we might be able to do is what God wants us to do. And often the most spiritual thing we might do is to stay put right where we are. Because let's believe maybe God led us to the point where we're at for a reason. So where might we join God in what he's having us to do right now? So let me ask you, how might God be inviting you to be transformed so that you would be a person who lived a discerning and doing life? How might God be inviting you to recognize how he is at work where you are? And how might you respond to what he's already doing? Very simply, what's the next right thing God is inviting you to do today? I'd like to say it's to share this podcast and tell everybody about it because you'll love it. No, I'm just teasing. What is the next right thing that God is inviting you to do today? And so, friend... May our good shepherd who is with you and in whom you lack nothing, may he lead you on right paths this day and in the days to come for his greater glory. We pray all these things. Amen. 